Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning and welcome. I, I, need, to, I need to say something first. Um, let me just recognize the fact that I know there's some of you that maybe are still confused and you're, you're not sure that you can value the decision that the Supreme Court made. Um, and, and we understand that. I mean, we, we try in every way we can to teach truth and to follow truth. But I just know that sometimes it's hard for us in the world we live in to decipher and to understand when things are done that are momentous and uh, illustrate even greater divide in our country. But I will tell you that I just feel like that what happened was something significant for, for three reasons. Number one, I know there's one thing we can all agree on, and that is we value life. And, and we believe that it is created by God and, and is precious. And so uh, that's a commitment I think we stand really, really firmly on. What is very interesting to me is that in the first time in maybe history, I don't know, I've talked to several people who know much more than I do, we have a Supreme Court who actually were willing to admit a mistake was made 50 years ago. And I just, I didn't think I would ever hear that. I didn't think I would live long enough to see that. And, and whether it was the, the Roe v. Wade case or another case, the opinion that was written by the majority is basically an indication that there are roles that they play. But then there are roles that they don't play. Those roles belong to us, the people of this country. And we get to choose, and we get to make decisions, and the states get to make decisions. So anytime there is the recognition that maybe someone overstepped, and here's the statement, and I'll read the actual uh, majority opinion statement. We end this opinion where it began. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated. I had to look that word up. It just means an overreach. It means they took something that was not theirs. Arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. The judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed, and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. It is so ordered. And I am thankful that we have a Supreme Court who will recognize that some things belong in the will of the people. That's the first thing. The second thing, I really believe, and I wrote it, I wrote it down <laughs> in my little scratching, that we're going to have opportunity to decide this. I know this is kind of Captain Obvious here. It's coming to the states. You and I who live in this state of Florida and those who are from Georgia, let me throw that in. <laughs> you will have an opportunity. Okay? So nothing was taken away. It was just handed back to the people to whom it belonged. And so we'll, we'll have an opportunity. 
And I don't want any misunderstanding of what exactly happened in this moment. And the third thing is this. For a long time, we have said we were pro-life. I've said it for years, and I'll forever be pro-life. But now is our time to show it. Now is the time to demonstrate. We'll have an opportunity now more than ever to serve women and babies and families and to literally do what we say we believe. One of the primary reasons women seek abortion, and we know this because of the work of our pregnancy center, is that they, they fear they won't be able to provide and they won't have the support. And we have the pri privilege as God's children in the body of Christ to help them and to provide for their children. And this is what we've been doing for decades. So nothing changed when that decision came down for us and the mission of First Orlando. We were called to love and to care and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We will continue. So it's not like all of a sudden we care more. No, no. It's all of a sudden we have more to care for. Because there will be many who will need that support. Our pregnancy center now is serving thousands of women a year. Literally this year, over 3,000 have been served. 3,000. Can we thank the Lord for our Center for Pregnancy? That's an amazing number. And, and we expect more. I've gotten a lot of texts from, from so many people and made a lot of calls just to kind of decipher everything. And one of our members sent me this. He said, a new season begins now. We need to ensure we have a society where young and pregnant is not the end of your life. And let me pause. He didn't say what I'm about to say, but I'm, I'm saying it. I grew up in a day where if a teenage girl or a young girl that was not married got pregnant, even the church people sent them away. God help us. That's how we treat those young ladies? No. So now is a time to show there's something different. He went on to say this. It just really struck me. Now it's real. And there's some, some, some young women out there who may be in the age of 14, 15, or 16 who have always had this option their whole life. And now they don't. And it may ostracize them from their family. We must mobilize to love people. And that was the text he sent. And I asked permission if I could share a portion of it. Now, this is going to require we give more. It's going to require we serve more. That we truly become the body of Christ. And I think this is our response. David Swanson, my friend at First Pres, he was quoted this morning in the paper as saying, Our response to this needs to be one of humility grace and love. This is, we're not in junior high, he says. This is not where we jump up and down on social media and say, we won, we won. He said, that's the wrong response. This is our season. This is our time to be the body of Christ, to demonstrate love and to demonstrate grace. So what we will do, we will continue and increase the work of fostering and adopting, giving help and hope to abandoned and orphaned children. We will, and by the way, in 2022, uh, we have eight new foster families. 
And in the last 10 years, get this, we've assisted over 100 adoptions in the last 10 years. So God is moving and stirring to help us do this. We will continue loving women who are in crisis, providing a loving and caring community to walk alongside them during pregnancy and the resources they need, like food and diapers and clothing. If we can find diapers, uh, if we can find food, they will be there to care for their children. We desire to be the hands and feet of Jesus to all, and especially to the unborn, by offering them life. And especially to women who are considering abortion, by helping them know that there's hope in Jesus, they can choose life, and we're here to help them. And I would say even especially to those who have chosen abortion in the past, to know the love and the forgiveness of Jesus, and to know his restoring grace, and that God can take something that maybe the enemy wanted to use for harm and evil, and God can turn it somehow for good. So we... All of us, we've got to do our part. And together we're going to support those women and babies and families and children with our words and our lives and our money and our homes and our time and our hearts. We are pro-life in word and in deed. Amen? This is the heart that I believe God wants us to have. And so for all of us, when the Spirit speaks... Listen, if God puts in your heart to do something for one of these young ladies, God puts some, uh, something in your heart that you need to, to give to the pregnancy center. You need to be a part of serving. Do it. Because let me tell you, one of the greatest roles the Holy Spirit has in our life is our teacher, our guide, our peace. And those are the three things that Jesus says in John 14, 15, and 16. If you've got a copy of God's Word, I want you to turn there, and I want us to look at it. He simply says, He is our leader, He is our teacher, and He is our peace. Now, let me read you a question that came in. I told you I was going to be answering questions, and please, if you have not submitted a question, um, I encourage you to submit a question because... Uh, we're going to find a way to answer it, okay? In fact, embedded in the message today from these verses, uh, I think there are seven questions that are answered. But here's one that <laughs> I really love this question. As a newly baptized 69-year-old, after being an agnostic for 68 and a half years, I have many curiosities about the Spirit. Simply ask, what is His primary function? And I wrote on this, to turn a 68-year-old agnostic into a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what his job is. That's what his role is, to elevate Jesus, to honor Jesus, to help us follow Jesus. So I don't want you to think of the Holy Spirit in terms of this weirdness and this, you know, ghost idea, though the word has been used, Holy Ghost. He's a person. He's Jesus. And when you gave your life to Christ, he walked in your life. And so it's about a relationship. And if I had to sum up the three things that Jesus wanted us to know the night before he died, literally the, the morning that he was crucified, he's teaching the disciples, I'm going to send a helper. He's going to guide you. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your peace. So I want you to, with your Bible open, or if you've got a phone, or you've got a laptop or something, go, if you will, 
to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. I want to read that and uh, it kind of get it, put it in perspective. He is our guide. Now, I use guide. You can also use leader. You know, today, spirit guide means something totally different. Uh, so, leader, guide, uh, you translate it any way you want. But listen to what Jesus said. I'm going to start reading in um, John 14, verses 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. So I just think the first thing you got to understand is that he's, a, he's our guide. He's Jesus with us every day. And, and Jesus, in the next verse, I didn't read verse 18, he says, I don't want to leave you as orphans. We're not fatherless. We have a father. And we have his presence in our life through the Holy Spirit. So he is not only with us, he's in us. And that's something that is so cool. When, I'm, when I look at this verse, I mean, helper, we know, is just a beautiful word being called alongside He's to be with us forever. Jesus didn't say he's going to be there on your good days or your bad days. He's going to be there every day for always. And he says he's the spirit of truth and, and he dwells with you and he will be in you. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is all around us and the Holy Spirit is in us. A little later, this summer, I want to talk about the manifest presence of the Spirit. The manifest presence of the Spirit. You see, I believe that the Holy Spirit was in you this morning when you walked in. But I believe there's something that happens when the body of Christ gathers and the people of God gather. Jesus said, where two or more gathered there, I will be in the midst of them. Even though I know he's with us when we walk in, there's something that happens when you are in the presence of the body of Christ. There is a manifest presence. But for the morning, let's talk about the fact that he's right here. He's my guide. What does that mean? The best way I know how to, to demonstrate that is a world I'm familiar with, so forgive me. Fishing. Okay? So I got access to a, a lake a few years ago, actually several years ago. But I didn't know this lake. And it's in the middle of nowhere. And, I mean, it's got gators bigger than I've ever seen. I mean, they're huge, and they like to eat everything you throw. In the, I mean, it's just the way it is. It's wild Florida. I would go out there and wouldn't catch a fish. I even took my son and his father-in-law because we were bragging, hey, we got access to this lake. Go fishing with us. <laughs> we didn't catch a single fish. Well, I met a guy who's become a really dear friend of mine from Tennessee. He knows this lake. He's fished it for years. So I called him and said, hey, man, I need a little help. <laughs> you got to show me, man, where do I fish? What's the secret here to this lake? And he said, I'll send you a map. And with the map, he had marked the X marks the spot. There were X's on the map. Okay, so I go out there and I'm following the map. I'm still not catching many. I did catch more than I was, but I didn't catch many at all. I'm like, man. And then he called me and said, hey, I'm going to be down there for a week. Let's go fishing. And I'm like, yes. He gets in the boat with me. I get in his boat, actually. 
we went fishing. Let me show you the difference when the God is with you. Okay, so I'm showing you this for two reasons. One, I just need another reason to show big fish. But the other reason, the other reason, a God makes all the difference. Not a God who is from heaven yelling, okay, go right. See, people have a concept of God that he's way off somewhere. And he's just given directions. Okay, I gave you all the directions. You're on your own. Try to follow them. No. He's with us. He's in the boat with us. He knows where the X's are. He knows where the fish are. And when Jesus said, he's going to be with you forever. That means every day I wake up, I got my own God right here with me. Now, I've had some bad days since we went, but that's just the part of fishing. But the point you understand, when the person who created you is with you, when the one who made the world and all that is in it is with you, you got a lot better chance at life being what it's supposed to be, right? Can we just thank him for being with us and in us? The second thing, when he tells you to do something, do it. I mean, he knows when he tells you to do it, do it. There's a story in Acts 8 when Philip is out in the wilderness. He's literally in the wilderness, and all of a sudden the Spirit says, go over to that chariot. There was a major roadway or major uh, thoroughfare, and a lot of people from Africa, North Africa, would come up uh, that road, and there was a chariot. And the Spirit said, go over there to that chariot. Philip goes over, and guess who it is? It is an Ethiopian eunuch. That's an official from Ethiopia. And guess what they were reading? They had a copy of Isaiah. They had Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, and they were reading, guess what part they happened to be reading? The part about the suffering servant, the part where Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus. And he couldn't understand it. And Philip shows up and says, can I help you? And you know what happens. Philip leads this man to Christ. And they actually stop. And he baptizes him in a little puddle of water on the side. I got to see that spot this year for the first time in Israel. You know what I love about that story? If Philip hadn't been listening to the guide, he'd have never had that moment to share Christ with him. He'd have never experienced that moment. Let me tell you another one. The Apostle Paul. He's on his second missionary journey, and Paul, being a smart man, he thinks that he needs to take the gospel to the north. And so he goes up into what we now know as Turkey, but it was Asia Minor then, and he's trying to go north, and the Spirit said no. So he said, okay, I'll go south, and he started to go south, and the Spirit said no. So he ends up in a little place called Troas, and that night... He had a vision, and the vision was a man on the other side of the Aegean Sea in Macedonia saying, please come and help us, and Paul went. Now, let me just say this. If he hadn't been listening to his teacher and his guide, if he hadn't been listening to the guide, we would not have the book Philippians, Colossians. Well, we would have Colossians, but we wouldn't have Philippians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Corinthians, all of those were written when he went over. So when I say listen to the guide, 
do what he says, do it. Even if you're not sure. And you're probably saying, well, how do I know it's him? And, and that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. That's the mystery. It might be he spoke through his word. It might be he spoke through just a prompting. Or maybe somebody said something to you. But I can tell you, when you have the guide with you, trust him. Because good things happen. So I'm supposed to go on a children's day, taking a bunch of kids to a water park. This was right before I moved here. And uh, we're all excited. The children's leader, she told me, she said, I got to have you because I'm going to need help. I said, okay, I'm going. On the night before we left, the Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to stay home. You need to go to the office. And I just, the first thing I said was, well, Holy Spirit, then you're going to have to tell her because she's going to kill me if I tell her. <laughs> and, and I just, I didn't know. I just knew I was supposed to stay home. I called her. I asked forgiveness. I said, I'm sorry. I just don't know what's going on, but I need to be in the office. On the way to the office that morning, I said, Lord, you know, if it doesn't matter to you, could I, could you show me why I was supposed to stay in the office today? That's all I said. I get there about an hour into it. My assistant comes in and said, you're not going to guess who's on the phone. I said, who is it? She said, it's Dr. Claude Smith. He was the coroner for our area. He was an old army medic, an army doctor, tough as nails. They had no time for the gospel. And yet he had buddies trying to win him to Christ, and we were praying for him. He's calling me. Every other word out of his mouth was profanity. I mean, it was, this guy was rough as they come. I said, hello. He said, David, you in the office? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, I'm on the way. He walks in my door, and I know you think I'm making this up, but you can ask anybody in that parish that's heard me talk about him. He walks in the door, looks at me, and says, sit down. I mean, he's Army Doc. I remember, sit down. I want to give my life to Jesus, and you can help me do it. And I said, well, Dr. Smith, I'm so glad you came. Let's talk about that. And he goes, no, I don't want to talk about it. I want to do it. I want to give my life to Jesus. I said, well, by all means, let's do it. That man gave his life to Christ. He became one of my closest. He would travel with me when I would go speak. He was right there with me. The whole. Now, how did that happen? I just believe the Spirit spoke, my guide, my leader, and said, David, you're not going over there to the water park, to which I said, thank you. Jesus. <laughs> just kidding. You're going to the office. I, I'm telling you, when he tells you, when you get that sense, do it. He's your guide. He's your leader. Second thing, he's your teacher. You know what Jesus called him? He called him the spirit of truth. You know what that means? He won't lie to you. Whatever the Holy Spirit reveals and speaks to you, you can build your life on it. It's the truth. So go to the passage in this, uh, when we're looking at it, I, you can break it up. 14, he continues talking about the Holy Spirit. Go to verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will come and teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Now, let me show you something about that. He, he's coming, and he's going to teach you most everything you need. No, all you need. He's going to teach you everything, and he's going to bring to your remembrance 
all that I have said to you. Have y'all ever just had a thought, a random thought come to your mind about Scripture or about Jesus or about something you should do, and you wonder where it came from? The Holy Spirit. Especially if it aligns with what Jesus taught. Guys, our memory's going, my memory's going, you know? Not only do I not know the difference in Texas and Georgia, I, there are times I'm not sure where I am. Am I in Texas? Am I in Georgia? But memory fails us. I think it's cool when I've stood by the bedside of people dying and they could quote scripture. They didn't even know their kids were in the room. And yet they quoted scripture. I prayed over a man who was comatose. I mean, he was in a coma, been in a coma for four days. His wife said, can you just pray over him? Yes. And I just began to pray. And as soon as I finished my prayer, he sat up and started praying. I promise you, everything in me wanted to run out of the room. I was not ready for that moment. He sat up in the bed and he began to pray and quote scripture and he didn't even know we were there. I'm telling you, when the spirit is alive and working in your life, you're going to remember what Jesus said. And he's going to show you things and teach you. Even 1 John, another letter that this disciple wrote, 1 John, there were a bunch of antichrists out there, a bunch of people teaching that Jesus was not the Christ. And this is what John said. Hey, don't believe him. You have a teacher. You don't need anyone to teach you. You have the anointing. That's 1 John 1, 26. Now, what does that mean? That means when you gave your life to Christ, the teacher walked in. And please, listen to the teacher because he's the only one you need. He will show you everything you need to know. Does that mean I don't listen to my pastor? No, you listen, but you run everything I say by the teacher. Does that mean I never go online and listen or read? You listen to whatever, but run it all by. And if you go to YouTube for certain videos, please run it by the teacher. (laughs) Run it by the teacher. Don't believe what you hear just because somebody said it. You got to say, Holy Spirit, is this right? And you know what will happen? He'll bear witness with your spirit. That's just a biblical term that means you're going to sense that that's right. That's truth. Or you're going to sense something's not right. Who is that? It's the Holy Spirit. In fact, he says, I want, Jesus said, I want to show you so much, but you can't bear it all right now. Go to chapter chapter 16 of John. He just says to him, honestly, I, I want to tell you more. Verse 12, chapter 16 of John. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. What does that mean? Uh, you, I can't give you enough information right now, but the Spirit will give you that information later. Watch this. You can't bear them right now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Because He's not going to speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that there are things to come. He will glorify me, He will take what is mine and declare it to you, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What Jesus just said is that the Holy Spirit helps us to understand everything we need to know. Everything that we need to know. He helps us understand our Heavenly Father. He helps us understand the things that are difficult to understand. He's there for that reason. And I'll show you what Paul said about him. Because Paul comes along and I mean, he, he just underlines everything that Jesus just said in this way. This is what he said 
in the Corinthian letter. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. He's shown us all that God has for us. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Spirit searches the mind of the Father. And then He shows us. Watch this. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. You want to know the deep things of God? Trust the Holy Spirit. That's who knows Him. He shows us. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. You'll never understand God until you start listening to the Holy Spirit, because His role is your teacher to show you and to open it up. And and Jesus said He's not going to speak on His own authority. He's speaking what he has heard us say. I just think it's awesome when the Trinity is talking to one another. I believe the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, but yet there's this sense in which they're communicating with one another, and the Holy Spirit, you can be assured, is not going rogue. He is telling you what the Father has said, and He's helping us. And so what is His goal to teach us? To glorify Jesus. To glorify Jesus. He will exalt Jesus. And you know what? He will help exalt Jesus in your life. I just think that here's a quote from J.I. Packer where he just basically says, the Holy Spirit's main ministry is not to give thrills, but to create in us Christ-like character because he wants Jesus to be glorified in us. He wants us to become like Christ. So he's exalting Jesus. He's helping us understand Jesus. And so what is it that The Holy Spirit does with peace. He gives us peace. So as I said, if there were three things I could pick from this text of what the Holy Spirit does for us, number one, He's our guide. Listen to Him. He is our teacher. Believe Him. And number three, He is our peace. John 14, 27, John said, Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you, not as the world gives you. So don't let your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So in other words, the Spirit is going to give you peace because He's going to give you Jesus. And I have sensed lately just this incredible anxiousness on the part of a lot of people. I think we're more divided than we've ever been as a country. I think we're more mean. Or let me say it this way, we're meaner. Now, I grew up Baptist. Baptist mean is about as bad as it gets. But man, I've seen some mean things said from people who were brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't understand. And so I have just been thinking that the next series that we would go into would be the series of 1 Corinthians. I wanted to go verse by verse through that letter. It's to a church. It's to a church who was in a really messed up place, Corinth. But I tell you, i got to tell you what what happened to me in the last week. Again, the Spirit spoke. And I realized we need peace. 
we, we need to understand what's happening around us. So starting sometime this fall, the next series is going to be on the end times, the last days. We're living in the last days. We are experiencing it. But here's the message about end times in the Bible. If you are a child of the king, don't worry about it. Have peace. You should have peace. That's why he tells us it's the last days. It's going to be okay. So here are the lessons that I want you to walk away with. Number one, the Holy Spirit is my guide. And his guidance is more about the relationship than the specifics. You say, what do you mean? More than anything else, just remember he lives in you to be your helper. He's there just to be a friend. You know that old hymn? I grew up with it. What a friend we have in Jesus. It's true. He's there. And the relationship matters most to him. A.W. Tozer, one of the people that I love, he's a theologian that I would have never guessed would say what I'm about to show you. I want you to listen to what Tozer said about the Holy Spirit. He said, don't ever ask or seek guidance on something God's already told you no. Nor should you question things he's already given you a command. But most every other thing, God has no preference. Watch this. The shepherd leads the sheep, but he does not decide which tuft of grass the sheep shall, shall eat. Got that? The sheep has freedom to be a sheep. Touching our life on earth, God is pleased when we're pleased. God's choice for us may be one of a score of possible choices. The Christian who is holy and joyously surrendered to Christ cannot make a wrong choice. Did you just hear that? That's not me. That's A.W. Tozer. <laughs> he doesn't care if you eat steak or chicken. He obviously doesn't work for Chick-fil-A. He doesn't care if you eat steak or chicken. As long as we're pleased, then our Father is pleased. He gives us the freedom to use our God-given intellect and our sanctified common sense. Why am I saying this? Because the role of the Holy Spirit is to help you be you. And to release this beautiful creature that God made when he created you. And yet we get hung up. I've had people come in and make an appointment to see me. And their one question is, how do I know what cereal to eat in the morning? Because I keep asking the Lord to show me, how do I know what outfit to wear or what clothes I need to wear that day? Guys, <laughs> that's not what he's about. He's about helping you be you. Which clothes you want to wear, as long as they're appropriate, which clothes you want to wear? You see, God wants you to be free to use the gifts he's given you. So remember, it's more about relationship than it is the specifics. The second thing, he'll never lead you where he can't keep you. Trust him. He'll never lead you where he can't keep you. I promise you that. He will be with you. If you felt led to do that, well, then do it. He'll be there. And the third lesson, he will lead you according to his word, never in conflict with it. If you want to know how I listen to the Holy Spirit, I'll open this book, and I'm thinking about a decision I've got to make, and I think, is there a passage of Scripture that helps me to make that decision? Because I know the Spirit will never lead me against this word. 
I think sometimes he uses people in my life. I've already told you. He used you to really affect what I felt like the next thing we do ought to be. I believe that God has given us people and also circumstances. There are circumstances, but all of these need to line up and be careful. Make sure it honors what the Word is. You know why? Because when I hear people say, well, you know, just God hadn't spoken to me lately. He's given you 66 books. Can you read? He has spoken. Now, I understand what they mean, because what they mean is sometimes I'm not sure how to apply it. Guys, we're going to differ in how to apply the principles. We're going to have differences. But there's one thing we don't differ on. This is God's Word, and we're going to do our best to live everything God told us in this book. And the last principle is this. Huh. I, by the way, before I give you the last one, I really believe God uses dreams and visions, too. I believe there are people who have a dream or a vision. and Now, I'm not talking about all of them. I'm not blaming God for some of mine. I can tell you that. But I do believe he still speaks that way. Be careful and don't just dismiss. And I believe he uses conscience. Somebody asked the question, what about our conscience? Is that, can the Holy Spirit use our conscience? I think he can because he made it. Your conscience may be how he speaks to you. So just be open in all these ways of how God speaks. And the last thing I would say, the last principle, is this. Don't ask for more when you're not willing to do what he's already shown you. Don't ask for more when you're not even willing to do what he's shown you. I remember running around, going to every seminar, going to every conference. I remember getting on every book club, and back then, cassette tape. I'd get a cassette tape, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm just wanting more and more. And I talked about, I want to know more and more. And one day the Lord said, well... Why don't you just start doing what you already know? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I want more. No. The Holy Spirit will watch, and he knows because he's with you. When you start living and obeying what you already know, it's amazing how much more there is. So can I just ask you right now, what is something he's asking you to do? What's something you know that you need to do? that the Holy Spirit would say, you need to do that. It, it could be a, a something, somebody you need to minister to, somebody you need to say hello to, somebody you need to make a phone call to. It could be something you need to change the way you're doing it. I mean, it could be a number of things. You may need to ask forgiveness for something you said. Just think of one thing that the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. Wouldn't it be a great way to close this service by doing that? Can I just tell you that Jerry and Sarah could not have come on a greater day, in my opinion. Because see, while we're talking about obedience and following His Spirit, they're doing it. Do you know why they live away from home and family? Do you know why they have sacrificed and they're living in a part of the world we can't even tell you where it is because of the danger? Why would somebody do that? Because their Holy Spirit, the Father Himself and the Son said, go tell them about me. And so they're there out of obedience. I just want to know, what is it that he's asking you to do? Just one step. Think of one thing. And let's bow together. Father, I, I know we make it complicated and following you sometimes can get so difficult. But it's really pretty simple. Jesus, if I understand you, you're with me right now. <laughs> Your Holy Spirit is in me and around me and and you're helping me. 
I just need to start listening. And whatever you say do, I'll do. So, Lord, would you help us all to honor the Spirit by letting the Spirit do what you said he would do, be our teacher, be our ever-present help, and to bring us peace. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, that's the first step you've got to take. The very first step, you're on this stream, you've never given your life to Christ, that's the first thing. And then when you do that, it opens up a world of the comforter, the helper walking with you. We want to help you. If you've never given your life to Christ, we have people in the room as well as online that will have a conversation and tell you exactly how you can trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've already done that, but you're not sure what that next step is. Well, whatever you think it is, or if we can help you when God shows you. Let's do it. And as we do, thank you, Lord, for being our guide. You just catch a lot more fish when you have the guide, right? Hey, let's give him thanks and praise. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.